Dr. Pilar Mtembo is with the Institute for Dialogue. Dr. Mtembo, good morning to you. Uh, good morning. Was it unavoidable that we would get to a point where the loss of life, at least on the scale that has begun to take place, would happen? Well, certainly the, the manner in which the pulling out of Afghanistan was done created the conditions, um, you know, essentially for uh, the U.S. And, and, and some of those leaving the evacuation uh, to be sitting back. I mean, it created the conditions for a, a sort of an easy target or mm. to become easy targets um, for ISIS. How could it have been done differently? Well, you know, if it, with all sort of reports that, was, that, that have been done, it, it was clear that it would never have been in their interest to have a rapid, um, uh, a rapid uh, pullout. But it, 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 the question is whether the, the timelines were realistic um, but also another question is whether they should have started pulling out um, U.S. citizens, uh, translators, and others much earlier. I mean, there's reports uh, saying that uh, you know some of the intelligence personnel um, had already uh, moved out of Afghanistan about six months ago. So the question is then why would uh, State Department and some of the others who are also responsible, why would they have... Uh, waited uh, so long. Of course, they did not anticipate that uh, the Taliban would take over the country uh, as quickly as they were able uh, to take uh, over the country. So they probably expected that they would have the space uh, to do the evacuation within or at least until the 31st of August. But the reality of the ground was not such. And that's precisely part of the problem. The fact that the information that has been used to try and predict what would unfold or even how it un- it would unfold in Afghanistan has simply not followed the course of at least what has been shared publicly. Um, d- does then the issue of the bombings that we had, how, how much of that then becomes a factor in terms of predicting where the situation in Afghanistan could go? over the next couple of days? Well, I mean, the time is moving quite quickly. Mm. Um, if the U.S. Uh, speaks, I mean, other, other countries have already completed their operations, so the U.K., the French, uh, the Germans. And the U.S. obviously has a higher um, you know, a, a number of personnel, equipment, um, to evacuate and, 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 and you know or to destroy as they are doing with some of their equipment. But you know the question is 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 is, is really yes on the one side it tells us what is going to happen afterwards in the sense that there's still going to be a contestation among certain groups. Yes the Taliban is in charge. However there are still other groups uh, such as ISIS um uh, which are going to also try to assert their authority, uh, you know, within the country and to signal that um, they still want to have a role to play in a post-occupation uh, Afghanistan. So there will be a contestation of, 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 uh, of power, but also what is likely to happen 
is the extent to which uh, some of those that have been left behind by the U.S. and the alliance uh, partners, uh, to what extent, once they have left, they will uh, continue to be able to do some form of evacuation and even to maybe have to go back for some who may be left behind, for some U.S. citizens or translators uh, who would have been left behind after the 31st of August deadline. So it's a, it's a, it's a messy pull-up. Mm. Let's talk about this request that um, the French president and Britain are expected to submit to the United Nations in the form of a resolution for the establishment of a safe zone in in Kabul. What does what is a safe zone, and what impact would that have? on the process of these evacuations and even the the violence that, that we're seeing now continuing to escalate? Well, what it would do at least is, it, 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 on the one side, it's an acknowledgement that um, while they are respecting the 31st of August um, timeline, uh, there is also a realization that they will probably not be able to do everything they wanted to do by that deadline. So the creation of a safe zone would essentially enable them under a, you know, whether it's under the UN umbrella or a different umbrella, um, to essentially use it to continue to evacuate some who may have been left behind. And of course, thousands are going to be left behind. I mean, the Allies had made uh, promises to all those that had worked with them at the embassies, as translators, and, and, and through different mechanisms that they would be offered um, a safe passage you know, to Europe or to the U.S. So it's an acknowledgement that they will need actually time beyond the deadline to still do a few more evacuations uh, that they had wanted to do. How important is it that everybody who is part of this process who has been you know part of the systems like you're talking about the interpreters and any other staff is actually brought out of afghanistan well it's it's important in a way that the, that the us would be fulfilling its commitments and not just the us but some of the european allies would be fulfilling their promises um uh, made However, on the other hand, it will also have a negative impact on any new government in Afghanistan because one assumes that many of those people are skilled, many of those people have used uh, the last 20 years uh, to acquire education um, you know, through different uh, support mechanisms. So it will also be a loss uh, to Afghanistan as a country because the new administration um, will also need um, you know, skilled personnel uh, to run the country, to uh, establish relations with the international community, and to build some form of trust. Mm-hmm. Because now that the Taliban is, is, is firmly in charge, um, you know, the shift is going to move to their ability to actually govern or to co-govern. 
when what, what we've heard from some of the staff that we're talking about here uh, that have made it safely out of Afghanistan is that they were afraid of being targeted by the Taliban government for having worked with the U.S. How, how real a threat do you think that is to, to those that would be left behind and, and potentially left behind at this stage? Well, for them, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a threat. I mean, they they only have uh, recent memory to go by. So mm. some of them would remember the, you know, 20 years ago uh, when the Taliban uh, were in charge and and the type of lifestyle they had. On the other hand, you have to acknowledge that uh, there is also a significant pop- part of the population that would look at the Taliban taking control and would say it brings about some level of stability, especially in terms of the security uh, situation. So you would also have to acknowledge that, you know, there, there are Afghanis who, who, who would actually look at the current situation as bringing about some form uh, of stability. Dr. Pilani Mtembu, thank you so much for your time this morning. He is Executive Director at the Institute for Global Dialogue. So it certainly remains a moving story. It's a moving situation. We'll continue to keep an eye on it. More rockets continue uh, to be fired in Kabul. And we heard uh, that you know there was expectation that there could well be more attacks uh, particularly geared or targeted at the airport where the tra- where these transfers are still taking place. It's 48 hours before the U.S. is scheduled to fully be out of Afghanistan. It's 11 o'clock. Nomsam Gluli has your latest news.